What is up? What is going on? It's your boy one more time. And we are continuing on in our study, in our class, that we have been calling this salvation class. Just make this salvation 103 as we dive in deeper into this word. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, if you have your Bibles, could you go with me real quick to Romans chapter 6? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father God, that demons are trembling. We thank you right now, Father God, for the powers. The powers, Father God, of being shaken, disrupted. We thank you right now, Father God, for it is your will. It is your good pleasure to give us of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so we receive your kingdom. We receive your power. We receive everything that is due to us. And we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we want to continue in in our study on what it is to be saved and how do you be saved. Remember now, this all started when we asked, then when the jailer in Acts chapter 16 asked a question, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so Paul didn't say, Well, you do a whole bunch of jumping jacks. What church did you go to? You got it. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're going to be saved, you can never sin again. No, he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou just shall be saved. So you got to understand now that sin had us. We were dead men walking. Because the wages of sin is death. And that is condemnation. That means convicted. That means you were on your way to hell. But Jesus, our Savior, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he destroyed the penalty of sin. The wages he destroyed off you because he took the wages of sin for you. So now death doesn't apply to you because you believe in Jesus Christ. Christ has already died for you. He, Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sins. Glory to God. And yet that's something to, to rejoice about. That's something to shout about. Can I read you something in uh, Romans chapter 6? Um, and, and here's... Um, the lesson now, because many have gotten it in error and got it confused. Let me just read you some that that some scriptures that people read in error and that people use to try to condemn you, even though you're already saved. Romans chapter six and around verse one, it says this: Shall we can? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? We don't have to. See what it's saying is we don't have to keep sinning. That grace may abound. Every time you sin, that doesn't mean you're in jeopardy of being saved. Are you in jeopardy of not being saved? Rebo Shakarabaha. And not only that, we don't have to, uh, our grace and what God has done for us, no doubt, doesn't mean that we keep doing what we want to do, but we go on to perfection. Hallelujah. Are you scared of that or not? We go on to perfection. We are we crucify this old man daily. That we may walk worthy and walk like children of light. Not because we're trying to get saved, but because of what we already are. <laughs> so when it says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It's not saying that, hallelujah, that you will never sin again. But what it's saying is, is that you don't have to get keep getting resaved if you don't uh, fall in short. No, God's grace was for one time at Calvary for you. You don't have to keep tapping in. Saying, well, let me get baptized another again and again and again. Because you start messing around getting baptized every Sunday. You'll see folks getting baptized every Sunday. Because somebody told them that they wasn't saved. 
He says, God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live in over the end? We're not living under sin and death. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So if what it's saying is this, if you, if you were when you were baptized in water, you were baptized into his death, meaning that you were baptized, glory to God, that old man was baptized, that old man was dead, that old man is dead, that old man was dead. When you went into that water, that liquid grave, when you decided you want to get baptized, when that pastor or that deacon, whoever baptized you, when he dipped you down that water, that was representing you being dead, like Christ was. But when he rose you out of that liquid grave, when you rose up out of that baptism, what rose again was the newness of life. And what rose again actually was Christ in you, the hope of glory. You rose up a new person, meaning that you didn't rise up. Christ rose up in you. That means that you have um, newness of life. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism to death. Like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of, of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of our day you are. So when Christ rose up from the grave, he dies no more. Sin has no more dominion over him. See, the reason why Christ died, he died for sin. But once he rose from the grave, he doesn't have to die no more. So it is for you. Once you are baptized in Jesus' name and water baptism, you were buried as in to represent death. But when you rose again up out of that liquid grave, you're just like Christ. You're walking in newness of life. That means that you don't have to die no more. You don't have to worry about sin now trying to take control over you or over your life. Or you having to worry about the wages and the penalty for sin. Because you you, you don't have to die twice. <laughs> See, Christ doesn't have to come back down here and die for the sins of the world again. He did that once. You don't have to worry about your sins. Christ has already died for him. He did that once. Once and for all for you. You are good enough. Let me let me let me let me show you something. Let me keep showing you something here. For if we be planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Here's now here's what he's saying. We're planted when it's all oh, talking about how the liquid grave. We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Christ, when Christ rose in the grave, he had a resurrected body. That resurrected body, you know, glory to God. It can no longer die. Rebo Shaka. You're you're representing that because you're no longer gonna die to sin. Sin cannot have dominion over you. It wants to though. That's why it's a constant fight. Your flesh is still here. That's why it's a constant fight. Your fight is not with your salvation. Your fight is with your flesh every day. Because your flesh wants to do what it wants to do. See, your flesh doesn't want you to be saved and act saved. <laughs> your flesh is fighting back. Grace save you. Is still a possibility you could end up in hell? No. That is false doctrine. Grace, one of the questions someone asked is, since grace save you, is it still possible for me to end up in hell? No. That is false. That is false. Because you can't save yourself. Your works can't save yourself. Your good deeds can't save yourself. Rebo Shaka. Salvation is a gift that you don't have to pay for. I know it's I know it sounds I know it sounds crazy. But salvation is a gift you don't have to pay for. I mean, people want you to pay for it. Don't you? They want you to pay for it. They want you to pay for salvation. They want you to pay for what you've done. They, I mean, they see you out here. And, and, and church folks want you convicted. Yes, they do. Think of right now of a trial. And, and I ain't going to say anything. Cause people got a lot of hurt feelings. So people so sensitive nowadays. So I'm not going to say real trials. But think of a trial. And think of a trial. You gonna somebody went to trial, they went to trial for this case, and lo and behold, um, they had the tape of the person doing it. They had the DNA. They had the murder weapon. 
gun residue, everything. Had everything, had everything. So the case goes to trial. The trial goes on. All of a sudden, the verdict comes back and they say not guilty. There's a lot of people out there probably would be mad and upset over the verdict. What do you mean not guilty? That's what happened with you. That's what's going on with you right now. Seeing had you. You were guilty. Your DNA was all over the place. You were all over everything. They had you. They had the tapes on you. They had the wiretap on you. Everything was good. But Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, you were found not guilty. And you know why you were found not guilty? Because Jesus Christ himself. It's like Jesus Christ himself confessing to the crime. The crime was put on him. The, the penalty was on him. Now you are allowed to go free simply because you believe on Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So there's no double jeopardy with you. You, 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 already, you are, Somebody has already suffered and died for that sin. Glory to God. The letters, uh, sometimes people, and because of that, people are really upset because they feel like you should die. They feel like you should suffer. And even if you are suffering, they feel like you haven't suffered enough. Let me show you something for a minute. Let me tell you something for a minute. Because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Don't get me wrong. There's things that you can do, whether you're saved or unsaved. There's sins that you can do that call can cause you to reap some consequences. For instance, if if I'm not um, if I'm doing something that can bring cancer to my body, I could suffer that cancer. If I'm doing something that um, can be detrimental to my health, sure enough, I could possibly die from something or something can happen to me. That's still there. Because <laughs> the flesh is there. But what we're talking about is sin, death, and hell. Condemnation. What's been taken away from you is the wages of sin. And the wages of sin was simple. It is death and hell. The consequences have been taken away from you. Let me show you something real quick. Let me read, let me read some more. Romans 6 and 6 says this. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. Your body of sin has been destroyed. That hence what we should not serve sin. See, we don't have to serve sin. Because that body of sin has been destroyed. For he that is dead is free from sin. Your body has been dead. And so you're free from sin. What does that mean? So you're trying to tell me I can sin no more in my life. You are dead and freed from sin. The consequences. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. That's what I'm saying. Romans 99 is simple. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Christ doesn't have to come back down here again and die for sins. Because all sins were put on him at Calvary. All you got to do is believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. You're not in jeopardy every hour of losing your salvation. If you are saved right now, you can be secure. You can rest assured. You can rest in the Lord and know that you are free from the penalty of sin. I need to keep reading this. Now, if we be, now watch this. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. This is Romans 6 and 10. But in, the, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. See, he died for sins once. He don't have to do that twice. People want you to do it twice. People want you to suffer double jeopardy. Well, it says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. There it is. That's what he's talking about. Since we are free from the consequences of sin. That doesn't mean now that we sin now because we know that we are free from the consequences of sin. What it means is now that we have the power now to discipline this flesh. So that we, not, we do not serve sin. Because we're not going to be able to serve sin. Because we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit convicts us. 
You may not be convicted now, but if you're God's kid, you will be convicted later. See, you, you're not feeling, you, you, you're not convicted now concerning that relationship that you're in that you shouldn't be in, but you will be convicted later. Can I show you how God does you? And you say, well, I, I feel no conviction. I tell you what, and I feel, I tell you what, God, here's what God does to you. <laughs> You'll find yourself suffering in a relationship that you know you're not supposed to be in. And you'll think that's the, the enemy. No, that's God kicking your behind. Because you know you're in something that you're not supposed to be in. Because you have been freed from sin and you ain't got to serve sin. Because of his death, burial, and resurrection. He's going to get you right back on the right path. Hallelujah. Let, let's, let's keep going. For in the, watch this now, Romans 6 and 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed in sin, but living to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Don't let sin be king and rule your body. Just because uh, the, the flesh is saying, eat don't mean you eat. Just because the flesh is saying he fine don't mean you got to sleep with him. Just because the, the flesh is saying she look good, let's go and make it happen. You ain't got to obey everything that the flesh tells you to do. That you should obey the, in the lust thereof. Romans 6 and 12. Romans 6 and 13 says this. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. It means talking about your body. But yield yourselves unto God as though you are alive from the dead. Your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Watch this. He's saying, listen now. He said, I use your body now for, hol for holiness and righteousness. Because before, sin reigned in your mortal body. Sin reigned. Sin had dominion over you. And what it's saying is this, that when it says has dominion over you, you were headed to hell. It was king. But now it's not king. Now sin can't send you to hell because Christ has died for you. And you believed on Jesus Christ. Now you can live unto God. But you're not living unto God trying to get saved. You're already saved. But you're living unto God just because you are saved. See, you don't have to prove that you're a son of God. You're already a child of God. <laughs> Can you imagine you trying to prove to your mother or your father that you're really their child? What child, you know, wants to grow up in a home where every day they have to fight for and prove and fight for the love of their parents. That's a sad kid. And that's how some of you are doing your salvation. That's how some of you have gotten you. That's how some churches have gotten you like that. Every day. Every Sunday. Every, you're trying to prove that you really belong to God. You ain't got to prove anything. It don't matter how holy you think you are or not. The only thing, the only thing that a child has to do to be a child of his parents is be born. <laughs> Such as it is in the flesh. If you're a mother right now, ask, I'm asking you, did your son or your, your daughter have to prove to you that they're really a child when, you, when they were birthed out of you? No. So, that's in the flesh. Now, in the spirit, it's the same way. You were born of God. Once you were baptized and believed on the gospel and filled up with the gift of the Holy Spirit, you were born by the spirit to God and God's family. You were born. You don't have to prove that you're a child of God. That's just what you are. My God. See, some of you have been trying to prove that you belong. You've been trying to prove that you're holy. You've been trying to prove that you're saved. And you ain't got to prove anything to anybody. If you're a mother right now, no child never had to prove to you anything. All they had to do was be born and you knew that is your child. That's all they had to do. Such as they was born on the spirit then. 
if you're saved, if you're God's and God's family, the only thing you had to do is be born again and you are a child of God. So now then, glory to God, we don't act a certain way to prove that we're saved. We don't have to act a certain way to prove that we belong. We don't act a certain way trying to get saved. No, we're saved by grace. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're saved by grace. We don't have to prove anything. Now, we act a certain way. We act um, and we obey God simply because we're trying to get others into the family and get them in. Because we know what the benefits of God is. Because this is not something that you're selfish with. God is not somebody you're selfish with. God is somebody you want to share with everybody. Hallelujah. Let me keep reading this thing because this is still good. Let's Listen, let me get it. So verse 13 says, Romans 6 and 13 says this. Neither you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as though they are alive from the dead. Listen, when you rose from that water baptism, you are alive from the dead. You don't act like a dead man no more. You don't do dead works no more. Stuff you was doing um, before you got saved were dead, dead works. He said, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Listen, he says, sin shall not have dominion over you. What it's talking about is this. When, if, if you were under the law, sin had dominion over you because if whenever you messed up, you were gone. You had sin and you were going to hell. And it it's just is what it is. You were not good enough because you were not good enough to fit the rules. And even if you did everything right, if you did one thing right, you might as well do all things wrong because that's how the law was. But that's not how grace is. <laughs> so grace is saying <laughs> Grace is saying Listen Grace has been given to you Righteousness has been given to you Holiness has been given to you Hallelujah this, In other words There's no way you can mess this up Because the work has already been done you're not under the law. You're not in danger of going to hell. So when you're under the law, that's why sin had dominion over them. Because when they were under the law, they were in danger. They couldn't please God. But now, because you're under grace, because you're in Christ, you've pleased God. The reason why you please God because Christ has pleased God. And you believe on Christ. And the benefits of Christ have came upon you. Hallelujah. Let, let us go deeper into this thing. What then shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. Know you not that whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants of whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, obedience unto righteousness. Listen, don't you know that as he's saying this? Don't, don't, don't fool yourself now. Don't, don't go out there and do what you want to do. And just for, and, and stop trying and stop fasting and stop praying. You have to grow. Because if you don't grow, how can others be saved? If you don't grow, how can you reap the benefits of your salvation? If you don't grow, then you will find yourself constantly being distracted. But God be thanked that you are a servant of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of a doctrine which we deliver to you, being that made free from sin, you become servants of righteousness. You're free from sin. Oh, you, you got sin in your life. I'm free from sin. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody telling you you got sin in your life? And you start telling them, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm free from sin. They probably want to know what in the world you're talking about. Hallelujah. You're not saved through works. But you're saved. Hallelujah. Through grace. Let me read you something else. Look, go with me to Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans chapter 10 real quick. I'm just trying to reassure your faith. I'm just trying to show you what it takes to be saved. They asked, they asked the man. The man asked Paul and them. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
And Paul didn't give him a whole bunch of uh, a doctrine, a whole lot of this, a whole lot of Greek and a whole lot of Hebrew. Uh, oh, salvation? Oh, that's simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Now, if you're talking about growing in God and growing in grace and growing in faith and unto good works, that, that takes some study. That takes discipline. But if you want to be saved, here's what you got to do. <laughs> now, if you actually want to do something with your salvation, if you actually want to make a difference, if you actually want to grow in grace, that's another discussion. But in order to be saved, here's what it is. Romans, let me show you something in Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. This chapter is very interesting. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Listen to here. That's what this is Paul writing to the Romans. This is Paul writing to writing to them. He, he wants it. He wants to know them to know his heart's desire for Israel. His heart's desire for Israel is, is that they might be saved. Watch this. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Sometimes you can have a strong desire and zeal for God, but without knowledge of how to be saved. The problem, I think, in most churches is, and the problem is some, some, uh, some churches and ones I've been around and preachers I, you know, I speak with, they think salvation is and I understand what they're saying. I understand what they're saying by this talking. But they think salvation is an ongoing thing. Salvation is final. Now, if you want to grow in grace, if you want to grow, then you got to drink. You got to work. You got to read. But salvation itself, it is finished at Calvary. He says they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For I bear the, for, watch this now, look, look what Romans 10 and 3 says. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, they're ignorant of God's righteousness. They don't know what God's righteousness is. They think God's righteousness is don't drink, don't smoke, don't curse. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. How do you establish your own righteousness? How can you be righteous outside of God? That's impossible. They try to establish their own righteousness. How can you do that? How can you establish your own righteousness? By saying, well, I'm just so good. I don't curse. I don't drink. I don't party. I don't smoke weed. I don't, uh, I don't sleep around. I, don't, I pay my tithes. I don't, oh, that's good, but that's not being righteous. That's not what makes you righteous. <laughs> But let's see what makes you righteous. Ooh, this is, this is, this, ooh, ooh, I, I don't know. About ooh, somebody going to think I'm teaching something. Listen, it sounds contradictory, but let's keep reading. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, have gone about to step his own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Watch this. For Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness of everyone that believes. He is the Christ is the end of the law. And you act like you don't know what the law is. You know what the law is. Go from, um, from, uh, from from Moses. Moses gave him the law. And all a bunch of rules and regulations to follow. And that was, and if you followed all those rules and regulations, you was considered righteous. You could not fail in one thing, though. Everything they said you had to do, you had to do it. And if not, you wasn't righteous. So you can do 99 things right. And if you get one wrong, you might as well got them all wrong because... That's how the law was. But Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Believeth what? Believe on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. For Moses described the righteousness that which is of the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. If you do those things, you got to live by them. You got to do everything that is written in that law. You got to do it. If not, then you can't be considered righteous. But that's not the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is, um, uh, glory to God, to believe on His Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let us, keep, let us keep reading this. He says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, Say not in thy heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ from 
above, or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring Christ again from the dead. Because a lot of people right now are telling you who going to hell and who going to heaven. Because we are like we got a heaven and hell to put somebody in and we ain't got no nothing. Hallelujah. Can I can I keep going? I keep going with you. Can I keep uh, ministering to you for a little bit on your salvation? Now watch this. Or who shall descend into the deep that's bring Christ again from there? Watch this. Now watch Romans 10 and 8. What it says in Romans 10 and 8. But what saith it? The word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Listen, righteousness is about faith. Righteousness is in your mouth. Righteousness is in your heart. Righteousness is about faith. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, here's how you be righteous with God. If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Wait a minute. That's the same thing Paul told the jailer that asked him, Sirs, in Acts chapter 16, that the jailer that asked Paul, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I shall be saved in thy house. Paul says in Romans 10 and 9, If thou wilt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God is risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how you get righteous. That's how you get saved. It hasn't changed. There is no doctrine of stay saved. How in the world are you going to get saved by Jesus and stay saved by Moses? How are you going to get saved by Jesus and stay saved by your works? How are you going to get saved by the righteousness of God and stay saved by going about to establish your own righteousness? That's false. Now, if you want to tell people to grow in grace, if you want to tell people they should be further along now in their faith and further along now in their moral character, by all means. But to try to tell somebody if they're going to heaven or hell, that's already saved. Well, then you don't take it to a whole nother level. Hallelujah. He says, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And thou shalt, and if you shall believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Watch this. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, if you're going to be righteous, in other words, if you're going to be saved, you're going to have to open up your mouth and confess the Lord Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you believe that in his death, burial, and resurrection, do you believe he died for the sins of the world? Do you believe he rose from the grave? Then thou shalt be saved. We can't change that. We can't argue with that. We can't debate that. We can't attack it. The only thing we can do is accept it. He says, with the, the, the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That's what the scripture says. Whosoever shall believe in him shall not be ashamed. <sighs> My God. Who's of believe in him alone? For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is over all, rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever, whosoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But, 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 but if they, uh, but if they have a bitch or sin, but, but, but if I tell you what, I don't know about him though. He, he, he ain't too on the up and up. But, but, but he... The book said, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said himself in the book of St. John, he that believes in me is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he is believing not only one only begotten son of God. You can't change. You can't change salvation. 
You can only take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. That's the only thing you can do. Hallelujah. He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach and they be sent? It is written, How be for the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who have believed our word? People don't believe the gospel. You'd be surprised. I mean, preachers right now don't believe the gospel. Preachers right now don't believe in the power of the cross of Christ. And that's one of the reasons why you don't see miracles like you see in the book of Acts. How are you going to see miracles if you don't even believe in the cross of Christ? Because it, because it was of the cross of Christ, there's a reason miracles are being taken um, place. Because he's small principalities. Hallelujah. He says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's what we're doing right now. If you're under the sound of my voice as you're hearing this, your faith is getting stronger in your salvation. And those who are not saved are saying, boy, if I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call on his name, I shall be saved. If I believe that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, I shall be saved. Yes, you shall. See, you don't have to get right to get right. You don't have to be right to get right. Hallelujah. Let me show you something in Romans. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. Let me show you something. And then I want to get somewhere else. I want to get there last time. Hopefully I have enough time to do it. Because I want to show you something else concerning your salvation. Here's, here's, um. Now you see now it's about faith. It's about confession. It's about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about faith and confession, the gospel. Let me show you something real quick. And um, this could possibly bless your spirit. Romans chapter 4 and around verse 1. Because I'm going to show you now. Now, righteousness now is not about works. We see now righteousness now is about a belief. If you think righteousness is about your works, then you will never be righteous. But if you believe that righteousness is about a belief, then you are real righteous because... Your righteousness now becomes a righteousness of God. Let me show you some Romans chapter 4 and around verse 1 says this. What shall we say then that Abraham our father pertained to the flesh hath found? For if Abraham was justified by works, justified is a word that means declared righteous. For if Abraham was the word declared righteous by works, he had worth for the glory but not before God. Now watch this. A lot of people now want to declare themselves righteous because of their works. Because of their giving. Or because of their charitable donations. Or because uh, they, they think they're better than somebody else. That's how they declare themselves righteous. But righteousness is not about works. Righteousness is about a belief. <laughs> but let me tell you something here. He says, what the scripture. For what saith the scripture. Romans 4 and 3. Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Because Abraham believed God, God counted him, considered him righteous. Because it was glory to God, what I call a preview or a type of what God was going to do for all believers that had faith. But faith in Jesus Christ. And it's going to be because you believed on Christ. God counted you righteous, not because of your works. <laughs> There's no man that can have the works to match up to the righteousness of God. But because you had the belief in God, belief in his son, righteous. He says, well, my watch says, Romans 4 and 4 says this. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now if you're working, do you not, that's not grace, that's debt. That's why I keep telling you. If you're working to be saved, that's not grace, that's debt. So now you're no longer under grace, you're under debt, you're under the law. You can't have it both ways, baby. Preachers, you can't have it both ways. You can't preach to folks, get saved by Christ. Stay saved by law and grace. I mean, law and works. 
You either you either saved by grace or not. There's no in between. There's no rebel show because Christ didn't die in vain, baby. Because if you saying telling the people that you gotta be saved by works now, or stay saved by works, then Christ died in vain. <laughs> Watch what he says here. He says, Now to him that worketh is a reward, not reckon of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not. Watch this. To him that worketh not. But to him that worketh not. You, you, you know how it is. How, you, you ever know how it is to get paid without working? It don't seem right, do it? See, that's why folks don't want you saved. That's why folks despise you. And that's why some of your church mates, some of your prayer partners despise you because they feel like you're getting this salvation for free. Watch this. And you is. Because to them, they think, well, they want to say, well, I'm out praying, sister, such and such. I come to church more than she do. I, um, uh, I don't sleep around. I think she might be have a boyfriend. I don't know. Um, I don't do this. I don't do that. I'm better than her. So how can she be saved with me? That's what people are saying about you. And they feel like you shouldn't be saved. But what they're talking about is works. Works didn't save you. Works can't save you. Only a belief can in Christ. And if you're seeing somebody struggling with something, pray for them. But you can't send them hell. Pray for them. Help them. But a lot of people are doing a lot of things for a lot of different reasons. Trust me. And it ain't because of what you think. Pray for him, help. Can I go? Can I dig in this thing and go deeper? Watch what else it says. But even as David also described it, the blessedness of the man of whom God imputed righteousness without works. Watch this. Now let me read Romans um, um, four and five again. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. So, but to him that worketh not, but believeth, but he believes on him. That declares righteous the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. God counted your faith. That's, that's how you became righteous. Because you believed on him. <laughs> that has justified the ungodly. Even as David also described it. The blessedness of the man. Unto whom God imputed righteousness. Without works. God has imputed this righteousness to you with our works. Now, once again, I tell you, it is a gift. Now, once again, I'm telling you also, who in the world receives a gift and later on has to pay for it? Who in the world got a gift and later on had to pay for it? What, what is that about? That's no gift. That's what's a debt. What, what man you know that comes along and gives a woman, hey, here you go, baby, uh, you, you my wife, here you go, here go this mink coat. Come back two years later. I need you to pay for that. But man, what is your, what? What what kid you know at Christmas receive a gift? Here you go, baby. Here goes a Christmas gift. And come back two years later. No, I need you to pay for that gift. There was no gift. There was a debt then. God has imputed righteousness to you without works. You didn't have to work for it. And the reason you didn't have to work for it because you believed on him. You believe on his son, Jesus Christ, that has imputed righteousness unto you without works. I'm trying to show you that you're saved and that you're going to, and, and it is what it is. And can't nobody stop it and can't nobody deny it. The only thing you got to do if you want to get others saved. So you want to see your family saved, don't you? You want to see others saved, don't you? Then you're going to have to grow in grace then. Some of the things that we're doing, we do, we're gonna have to cut out. We're gonna have to, cause we're gonna have to grow in grace. Cause we're gonna have to show them there's something to the salvation, there's something about living a, a righteous life. If you want us to save, if you want to grow in grace, if you want to see the full benefits of God. But being saved is what it is. I'm telling you. Now watch this. Now watch this. Even as it watch this. Saying, "Blessed are the are they whose iniquities are forgiven." Listen, verse seven, Romans four seven says, "It's saying, blessed are those." Whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. God will not impute sin to you if you believe on his son, Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins have been covered by his blood. 
the Lord is not going to impute sin. Now, people will try to make you feel bad, but the Lord is not going to impute sin to you. Come this blessings upon the circumcision only, but on the circumcision also. But we say faith is reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Now watch this. Now watch this. Let me, let me, I'm, I want to go somewhere. I want to show you something real quick. Let me show you a man real quick because I'm running out of time. Ooh, that time go quick when you preach this. Go meet somewhere real quick. I want to show you a man in the book of Luke chapter 18 that thought that his works made him better than somebody else. He thought his works made him righteous. <laughs> and and I'm going to show you that that's how some church folk, religious folk, some preachers, some that's how some folks are today. Just like this man right here. Luke chapter 8, go me around verse 10. Let me show you something. These are two men now who came to the temple to pray. And I want to show you something. Luke chapter 10. I mean, excuse me, Luke chapter 18 and around verse number 10. Hallelujah. This word is so good. Let me show you this. Luke 18 and 10 says this. Two men went up into the temple to pray. Watch this. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. There was a Pharisee and a tax collector. Pharisees. Tax collector. Hmm. And watch this one. Watch what happened. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God. Here's his prayer. God. I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Hmm. He says other men are extortioners. They're unjust. They're adulterers. Or even as this publican. So the man standing next to him, he's judging and condemning that man. He thinks he's better than that man next to him. And his prayer is, Lord, I'm thanking you that I'm not like other men. He's comparing himself to other men. That's why some folks think they're righteous because they're comparing themselves with other folk. And they're saying to themselves, well, I'm better than him. I can beat him being righteous. Really? You in competition with him, huh? <laughs> Watch what else he said about himself. He said, I fast twice in a week. And I give my tithes all that I possess. Hmm. He got his resume out. When you come before God, you <laughs> you trying you so called trying to make it to heaven. You gonna have your resume out, huh? The Lord, I'm out of extortion. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't curse. I don't kill my daughter. I, I'm I, I, I'm even I'm not like this man right here. Uh, also, I, I fast. I, I, I tithe. Um, I'm at all the Bible studies. I really that makes you righteous, huh? What do you think? But watch what the publican said. Watch what the tax collector said. And the publican, this is verse 13, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. That was his whole prayer. He recognized who he is. He's saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. Because that's all you are as far as you thinking that um, you're better than someone else. No. You're saved by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. Watch this. Watch what, watch what Jesus said. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified. Didn't we just got reading? Didn't we just read in Romans about being justified? Romans chapter 4. And I told you that justified means being declared righteous. Okay, here's what Jesus said about that then. I, his, he says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, declared righteous, rather than the other. The other man that had his resume out, talking about he um, um, is, is not an extortioner. He's not unjust. He's not a daughter. He's not a publican. I, I, I fast twice. I give my tithes. I, I do all this. Works don't make you righteous. Thinking you better than somebody else don't make you righteous. What, you in competition now with your fellow saints? Coming to church more than somebody else to make you righteous or better than somebody else? There's only by grace are we all saved. Because salvation is final. Salvation is believing on the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you tell me I got to grow in grace, 
If you're talking about I got to be more faithful and disciplined in my things that I'm doing, so be it. But to say somebody's not saved, based off what? Based off your life? Your life is so good that you're telling somebody else they ain't saved? Wow. You so holy that you can sit up and tell somebody else they ain't saved? And they going to hell? Whoa. You a bad man. <laughs> Salvation is about belief, a belief on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. But we have to be, now, don't get me wrong, we do have to grow in grace. We do have to do some things differently that what we've been doing to grow in grace and to show the world that I let our light so shine among men that we may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven, no doubt. But to make that call, you're the in all be all of salvation. Is that right? Jesus said, I'll tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased. They mean they be brought, they're gonna be brought low, demolished, abased. If you want to know how somebody can get to hell real quick, <laughs> exalt yourself and think it's your roots. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, then get ready to bust hell wide open. But if, you, but if you do believe in him, you ain't got nothing to worry about concerning that. But he says, but he that humble himself shall be exalted. That means that he that humble himself, to humble yourself and believe on the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. And the gospel is simple. The gospel is a death death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, God bless you and keep you. Listen, if it's a word, then I must have did it. And if it's not, then I'm with it. Stay committed. Much love and respect.